0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends.
2: Hi everybody, Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Locked On Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby.
3: You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Locked Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson, and I'm so excited to have you here with us on this Wednesday, June 22nd our new edition of Locked On Blue Devils. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. We're going three days a week right now. It's off-season mode for the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. But before you know it, we'll be back in full effect. Your only nonstop shop, a daily podcast for all things Duke Athletics. We hope you enjoyed our mailback Monday edition of the program a little bit earlier in the week. And boy, do we have a special episode For you today is I am so thrilled to welcome in a new guest to the program. It's a good buddy, Josh Smith from the Devil's Den podcast, who's kind enough to join us here on the program today. Josh, the time is always greatly appreciated. How are you?
0: I'm well, man. How are you? Good to be here.
3: I'm excited. It's uh, it's going to be fun to catch up with you. I enjoyed chatting with Dustin Shu, one of your colleagues there with the Devil's Den podcast, and kind of your take on everything in the Duke community. So let's just let's start there how did you get plugged in with the podcast
0: yeah it was kind of just fortunate um you know i had been a member over at the devil's den gosh probably dating about to back to the scout days so probably you know 2008 2009 started getting into recruiting started following the team a little bit more um, and they had had a podcast going and it kind of dropped the, the former host just like I got, got busy. Life happens. Right. Right. Um, and so I just kind of reached out and just said, you know, hey, is there any interest in continuing to do this? You know, I have a guy that could produce it. We're, we're interested. And it just kind of worked out. So perfect timing. Um, you know, I've been a Duke fan my whole life, grew up in North Carolina. So it was uh, kind of a, a cool kind of dream come true almost to get more plugged in, in that way.
3: Yeah, no. To have that opportunity, like you said, you've been plugged in for so long, and now you get the chance to talk about it. It's funny. We were reminiscing a little bit uh, on those those scout days and how far back people's lives go in terms of really being fully invested in recruiting before it is kind of the chaos and everything that it is to this day. I mean, it, it's kind of wild to think about how much just the sport as a fan has changed over the last decade because you've got uh, such easy access to so much content to learn so much about these future players in the game.
0: For sure. For sure. I mean, it's, it's changed drastically, you know, grassroots, the AAU, the rise and all of that. I mean, it's just, and then you had the one and done rule, right. That comes in there into play and it's a, it's a different world. That's not even talking about the transfer portal, right. Which just completely turns everything upside down.
3: Yeah, it feels like every, every year we're having to kind of reinvent exactly what we're talking about or how the sport goes because so many things are coming into play. So, uh, all right, I want to talk about the draft because obviously this is our Wednesday edition of the podcast and it's coming up tomorrow. This has been something that you mentioned recruiting. Another thing that I think Duke basketball fans uh, almost obsess over to a point is the draft because Duke takes pride in the number of players that they send off to the next level. Uh, I don't know about you, but it it is really one of my favorite events of the year, Uh, regardless of if it's a year where Duke's only going to have one player drafted like they saw just a season ago or where you could have what feels like 15 players drafted (laughs) in one season. We're going to be just as dialed in. How excited are you that we're now down to hours like we're counting down the hours at this point? until the draft takes place.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm really excited. I'm a big NBA fan, too, so I watch a lot of the NBA, so it's always really cool to follow that. Um, You know, I'm always kind of looking at the draft mocks and trying to figure out, you know, what's a good fit, let's avoid this city, right, or this franchise, I'd rather you be over here. Uh, Because we just see that, that a lot of times it's about fit, right? You look at a guy like Okafor, who's, you know, his game's kind of been phased out in the NBA, but didn't really get too much of a fair shot in Philly. Right. Versus you, maybe you end up somewhere else. Jason Tatum goes to Boston. Right. And it's a, a dream come true. So it's always really about that fit that I'm really interested to see where they land.
3: And so here we are. We're counting down the hours for it to take place. And, and I joked about 15 players in a draft. Clearly, that's never going to happen. But what Duke does have the opportunity of happening is five guys getting selected. The record that we've been chasing is five. In 2010, Kentucky had five players selected in the first round of the NBA draft. And so as we get set for uh, the 2022 version of the draft, as we get closer, it kind of feels like we've got a couple of guys uh, there and Trevor Keels and Wendell Moore Jr. who still are on the outside looking in in terms of landing in that first round. But I don't know, what's your vibe of these five guys as they get set to find out their NBA homes tomorrow?
0: You know, I think it would be really cool to have all five go the first round. I think you're right with with Wendell and Trevor kind of being right there on the fringe where at that point it becomes about fit for teams. You know, it's you're also, you know, who ahead of you that was supposed to go 18th is still on the board at 27, maybe. Right. And so you're kind of up against luck a little bit. Um, You know, I I think we're definitely going to have three go really high and then it's kind of going to be a wait and see, you know.
3: So you've got those three at the top. You've got Paulo Banqueiro, A.J. Griffin, and Mark Williams. Let's talk Paulo in particular. What were some of your favorite moments from him this season?
0: Just the consistency, um, especially towards the the kind of midpoint into the season. Uh, he even referenced it playing that Wake Forest game yeah. where it was really just need him to be a little more aggressive. I mean, his passing is there. The skills are there. But once he really kind of took over that post role, started operating in the high mid post, um, his game just kind of took off and I think, you know, he's going to be really coveted in the NBA. I think he's got a game that can really fit in a modern system. I, I am a little curious to see if he's going to kind of gravitate more towards small ball five, or we going to see some kind of like a bam Al Horford, you know, Draymond type role, or is he going to drift to be more of that kind of stretch four? um, you know, I guess that'll depend a little bit on fit, but I think he's a plug and play guy, you know, anywhere, anybody, you know, he can play anywhere.
3: Yeah, it feels like Jabari Smith at Auburn right now is kind of running away and, and could be the number one overall pick. You've still got Chet Holmgren, of course, who's uh, such a fascinating, intriguing, intriguing prospect for everybody from Gonzaga. But one of our partners here with the sponsor, Bet Online, and following all the odds as we get closer to it, it is wild the momentum all of a sudden that Paula was seeing in Vegas. And I know that Vegas doesn't make decisions like that. But they're always plugged in. They're always hearing things. And so, Josh, here we are. I mean, we're getting closer uh, to an opportunity for another number one overall pick, potentially, from Duke University.
0: Yeah, I mean, and we know Orlando likes their bigs, right? Yeah. They kind of stock <laughs> up on the big game down there. And, you know, I, I know Wendell is down there, Carter, um, you know, Mo Bamba. They have some big pieces. Uh, I, I think for me, though, if you're talking about those top three, Paulo has like the highest floor, I think. Yeah. Right. I think he's the safest in terms of you know what you're going to get. And obviously, there's still a huge ceiling there. Jabari might have the highest, him and Chet might have a little bit of a higher quote unquote ceiling. But I think Paulo offers you right away. You got a guy that can come into the NBA. um, And if not, start, play starter level minutes.
3: His body's ready to produce right away. I mean, he's going to walk into a floor and uh, be very comfortable, given his background from the Seattle area playing with professional basketball players for the majority of his upbringing and then getting to play on a big stage like he was at at Duke. So uh, awesome. We'll see where he ends up, and, and hopefully it is number one because that's just so cool to say that you, you know your squad another number one overall pick. But at the end of the day, if it's the right fit, the right situation, that's clearly going to be the best thing possible. So uh, let's talk a little bit more about these draft prospects in just a moment. You're listening to a Wednesday edition of Locked On Blue Devils. J.J. Jackson alongside Josh Smith. And I want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is introducing one of their new flavors. It is their mud pie flavor, and they've got the mud pie flavor in both bars and puffs. If you're not sure what mud pie tastes like, well, it's incredible. We've got the chocolate fans that absolutely love it. It's also rich in whipped cream and chocolate mousse. It's smothered in 100% real chocolate. And topped with cookies and cream crumble. Now that sounds great. And here's the best news about it: Mud Pie is packed with 16 grams of protein and only 150 calories and 8 grams of sugar, so it's good for you. Like all Built bars, everything is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Right now, you can go to Built.com and use promo code Locked15, L-O-C-K-E-D15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code Locked15
0: Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. As
3: we welcome you back in here to another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast, JJ Jackson alongside Josh Smith with the Devil's Den podcast. So, Josh, let's talk about the next guy that's likely going to come off the board, AJ Griffin, a player for Duke that we saw this season. A lot of people very concerned about the history issues in the past for AJ, and yet he played a healthy season for Duke. We had the one scare in the NCAA tournament against Michigan State, but he was out there for every single game at the beginning of the year. Sometimes he barely played it all, but the point is he was able to get through a full season, and, man, he really came on throughout the season. His shot was beautiful to look at. For the large portion of the year, it's over 50% from three-point range. I mean, A.J. was was a really good player to watch.
0: Phenomenal, and if you go back and look, too, I believe it- – I think it still holds true. I think if he hit 15 points, we didn't lose a game, right? So you saw that he was really what could take us to a level of we could play in tight games, but if A.J. was going, we're just blowing the doors off. I mean, go look at the games against North Carolina, right? The last two games, A.J. didn't play very well, four points, five points here, uh, and it was pretty kind of – it felt kind of lopsided, right? And then you go back into the game in the Dean Dome, A.J. goes for 27, and it's not even a contest, really. I mean, Duke's up 30 at halftime almost, and so – you know he could be that X factor, and anytime you can shoot the ball that well, I mean, if the if the explosiveness and the athletic ability comes back at all, you know, you got a five-tool player right there.
3: Yeah, you, you look at where he's projected to go for AJ Griffin, and uh, what I'm seeing a lot of is the the seven to eleven range mm-hmm. kind of for AJ Griffin. Just this past week, I was able to go on Locked On Knicks. They've got the 11th pick of the draft, and Those guys already have a couple of Duke guys and R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish. And here we are chopping it up about A.J. Griffin and how excited they are to have him as a prospect. And I was asked if there's just one game to go watch A.J. Griffin, what game should Knicks fans or whatever team potentially could draft A.J.? What game should they go watch? And Josh, you're exactly right. It's got to be that game in the Dean Dome and particularly the start of the second half. Right. The first half was so amazing North Carolina is completely out of it by halftime, but you just worry, okay, are they going to have some rah-rah speech in the locker room? Is the crowd going to get back behind them? And, man, A.J. just was not going to let the Tar Heels win on that day.
0: No, I think he went on like a personal 10-0 run or something, <laughs> right, to start the second half, and that's almost hit 30 at that point. And, you know, and it's not just the shooting ability. It's the ability for him to get to that shot, which was impressive to me, those step backs, uh, the ability to shoot it off the catch or off dribble. Um, you know, it's a little bit of a, a – it's not a traditional looking shot, right? His feet are a little set, yeah. a little far apart. It's not quite as quick. Um, but the results kind of speak for themselves. <laughs>
3: If you make them, I think that's the only thing people care about. And, and A.J. Griffin can certainly say, well, I make my three-pointers. And uh, he, he was great to watch this season. So uh, next guy to be selected again, we're getting ready for the NBA draft tomorrow. Uh, here, this is the Wednesday edition of Locked On Blue Devils. Mark Williams, compared to these first two guys we've talked about, we got to see two full seasons of Mark Williams. I quickly, or, or frequently, I should say, talk about that final game of the year he had last year against Louisville where Mark went off for 23 points and 19 rebounds in the ACC tournament. I mean, just a monster on the defensive end of the floor this season. What did you like about Mark? What stood out to you, Josh?
0: It was kind of the same with Paulo for me, for Mark, just the consistency of once it started to click for him. Yeah. I mean, he's just a game changer around the rim um, and he's very mobile too. That's the, that's the other thing is when he's engaged, he's able to really guard the pick and roll. Um, he can play drop coverage. He can come out and we saw a little bit at Duke. He wasn't asked to do it much, but he's got a pretty soft touch on those, you know, 15 footers, those 12 footers. He hit a few of those fade away shots. Um, I think that was a real improvement from freshman to sophomore Mark was how comfortable he was operating around the rim. Uh, and obviously, you know, anytime you, if you have a guard that can penetrate or a wing that can penetrate, he's always going to be that lob threat. Right. So, you know, selfishly for me, I'm hoping he's been kind of pegged to Charlotte. So, you know, living here in Charlotte, the Hornets need a guy like Mark to come in. Um, you know, I think he's going to be in this league for a long time.
3: Yeah. I, I did a draft preview with the locked on Hornets guys. And I do think, the Hornets fans are super excited about that possibility. Already got Mason Plumley there on the interior, and so those two guys interchangeably working together would be so much fun. I'd love to see that. That's where I want to see him go as well, right? North Carolina's team. Let's get Mark Williams to the Hornets. Ninety-six dunks this past season, most in Division One basketball, and a number that keeps jumping out to me that I reference frequently, Josh was. Just since the 2007-2008 season, only seven players in America have ever had 95 or more dunks in a season. That includes Bam Adebayo, Anthony Davis, Yudoka Azabuki at Kansas, Taco Fall, Montrez Harrell, and then Obi Toppin. Mark Williams is the seventh guy to enter that. Pretty elite company. And what also goes to show, those are all NBA guys that were just rattled off to kind of show you the success that Mark has the potential of having at the next level.
0: Yep. And from the free throw line, too. I think that's an underrated part of his game, which, you know, if if we're kind of looking into it, usually free throw shooting indicates the ability to also be able to shoot from further out. Right. So there's a potential where, you know, who knows what this guy could end up becoming. Right. If he ever gets, you know, three point range, which might be asking a lot. But, you know, then you have a really modern big who can anchor probably a top defensive unit when it comes to rim protection.
3: You talk about Mark Williams and the rim or the free throw shooting in particular, only player in America that shot greater than 70% from the floor and the free throw line. He did take pride in both of those. And I think that goes to show. All right, moving on Wendell Moore Junior juniors. The next guy I want to talk about several years worth of experience. Tell me about Wendell.
0: Yeah. You know, he's kind of had a, a little bit of up and down kind of career at Duke, right? He had the big kind of freshman moment against yeah. the Carolina, the tip back, um, to, to kind of give us that game. That was a really great game. Uh, and then 2021, you know, is kind of a throwaway for, for me, you know, I mean, it, it's just, the whole season was kind of a train wreck. Everyone's dealing with COVID and then he really bounced back really strong. I mean, the first half of the year, Wendell looked like the national player of the year. Right. And yeah. then we kind of got hit with the COVID bug. We come back over the holiday break and he just he was still very good in the second half, but he didn't seem to quite be that like offensive force. And that could be maybe is really getting more involved, the you know rise of A.J. coming into the fold. Um, but I think what he offers you is he could be a secondary ball handler. Right. He can defend one through four pretty much. Um, he's ten- tenacious on ball. And what really kind of set him apart this year is that forty percent, forty one percent from three. If that's for real, then he can be that three and D guy. Look at a Dylan Brooks in Memphis, somebody that can plug in and you know, maybe be what we've kind of all wanted Justice Winslow to be at that next level, right? I, I see Wendell as kind of a, you know, he's gonna be in the league for 10 years, I think, you know.
3: Josh, he improved by nine percent from the three point line. From his sophomore to junior season, you mentioned forty one. I mean, that's just unheard of mm-hmm. for someone to do. And I, I think it, it kind of speaks to Wendell's work ethic. He's got the long arms. The wingspan is certainly something that's in his uh, to his advantage, I should say. And I don't know how a team wouldn't love a guy like Wendell Moore Jr. Uh, just showing that you know he impacted winning all throughout the year for Duke and really improved year by year by year.
0: Underrated athlete, too. You know, yeah. we didn't see it the first two years quite as much, but last year there was really an emphasis where he, some of those dunks, I mean, Clemson, he almost gets hurt, right? right. I mean, he was really just attacking the rim. And I think if AJ's not going for 50% from three, that 41% would stand out a lot more to us, but it kind of just got hidden because AJ's just over here That's doing his best F impression. Yeah,
3: yeah, no kidding. And I don't think I, I hadn't put it in that context before, Josh, and I'm glad you said it because. You know, so much. I really was focusing on the fact that AJ's three point percentage was as amazing as it was, overlooking can, entirely how great it is to have a guy who's knocking down 41% of them and Wendell Moore Jr. And that athleticism. I'm thinking back to the first game of the year against Kentucky in the Champions Classic. Wendell has that baseline putback dunk that no one saw him coming. And that just kind of set the tone for the season. That he was gonna have. All right, speaking of that Kentucky game, it's a great way to to round out the five guys likely to be drafted tomorrow. But Trevor Keels comes on to the scene 25 points in his Duke debut, uh and, and then from there had an up and down season to say the least for Duke basketball. But he's made the decision to pursue a professional career. Uh, what do you like about Trevor?
0: Yeah, you know, it sounded like he really kind of was going back and forth for a while. You know, it kind of came down to the deadline. Um, He's got the NBA body, right? Like, we've heard that all year. You know, they were the bulldozer, bulldog, insert running back, whatever you it if you want to use. Um, I I think for Trev, though, the biggest thing, uh, he showed that he could be an on-ball person, right, defensively and offensively. He can run some point if needs to, but the shot, right? That's what the NBA is really going to be predicated on. Can that translate? It's pretty kind of kind of flat right now He don't has a whole lot of room for to miss there's not a lot of arc there so usually it's line drive dead on or a rim right and so that's the piece i think um also the from the free throw line if you're going to drive if you're going to get in there that often you really kind of need to be closer to that 75 80 percent um but you know i think he can stick he's been compared to gary trent a lot i think Gary was a little bit more polished coming out, right? The shooting seemed to translate a lot better for Gary coming in. I'd absolutely
3: agree with that, yeah. Uh,
0: So I I would be hesitant to just go ahead and and throw that on there because they're both 6'4", 6'5", you know? Um, I hope it works for Trev, right? Because I don't want him to get kind of just stuck in the G League and stashed, and then it becomes very difficult, Uh, But, you know, it only takes one team, you know, to buy in. And if the shin or the ankle or whatever the lower leg was was bothering him, certainly that can impact shooting. He did finish the year great. You know, him and Paolo were really the only two guys that kind of showed up for us in that Final Four game. I think he had like 18 off the bench. Um, So he's a big game player. So, you know, maybe that when the lights come on, you know, kill mode.
3: You, uh, Keel mode indeed, and, and you mentioned the the AJ Griffin number about scoring fifteen and how successful the team is. One of the numbers I was also uh, kind of monitoring throughout the year was was Trevor Keel's and his offensive production. And until the final four game against North Carolina, Duke was unbeaten when Trevor Keel scored thirteen points. So Duke finished twenty one and one when Keels put in thirteen points the season which in the grand scheme of things feels like an insignificant number, knowing that he came on the scene with those 25 points that he did against Kentucky. But nonetheless, when he scored, Duke basketball was in a better spot moving forward. So uh, let's get set for next year's team. I want to talk a little bit about that here in just a moment. Again, Josh Smith is joining me from the Devil's Den podcast. Here on this Wednesday, it's June twenty-second, 2022. That means tomorrow is the nba draft we are one day away and one live nba draft show is not enough for us at locked on the entire nba channel is going live on nba draft night so if you have a favorite nba team make sure you subscribe right now to their locked on youtube channel so you can get notified when they go live on nba draft night
0: it's kubota orange day shop the years best selection of kubota tractors zero turn mowers and utility vehicles
3: Welcome back into Locked On Blue Devils. J.J. Jackson here alongside Josh Smith from the Devil's Den podcast. And Josh, I want to shift gears. I want to talk a little bit about what next year's team is going to look like. We came into the week and the guys have arrived on campus. There's uh, the one picture that's been taken of all the guys that, that Duke Social put up of them inside Cameron Indoor Stadium seating there uh, in the seats and, and and looking at next year's team going in. What do you like about it? Talk to me about the depth and that sort of thing for this team.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of new faces, first off, right? Some old, some yeah. young. Uh, got a lot of different grad transfers coming in. Right. Portal guys. Obviously, the freshman class is going to speak for itself. Um, pretty much for the, the casual Duke fan, you're going to see Jeremy Roach and then a bunch of new guys. You know, uh, if, if you're really kind of like one of us, you'll know Jalen Blakes and some of these other guys. But um, it's gonna be it's going to be an opportunity for John to really make it be his team, which is pretty cool, right? You know, he has Jeremy coming back, and then it's all his guys. Um, you know, so there's a lot of depth, there's a lot of height, you know, there's the option, there's the versatility is what I like, especially once we added Grandison to me, you look at his shot chart, he's a 63% corner three point shooter, can play, you know, on ball off ball can allow you to be big or small and slide down. Um, I was a little worried about the, the, uh, the backcourt there. And then, you know, what does Shire do? He turns around and gets Proctor to come in and then Grandison. Right. And so immediately problem solved. Um, I'm really high on Proctor. I know he's a little bit of a prospect. That's kind of gets mixed reviews a little bit. Um, I'm really high on his ability to create offense, um, to really get in the lane and make things happen. I think it's going to take him a little time to adjust, but you know, I could see him being that if we're going to coach K, you know, January, February, usually the lineup gets shifted around somewhere around that conference time, right? Someone gets inserted into the lineup. Proctor would be that guy for me. Um, so I'm really excited to see him. Obviously, Whitehead's going to be a stud. You know, that's, yeah. He's going to be a star.
3: No, that's a given. And we talk about Proctor, him coming over from Australia a year early, and that's a name that uh, as we started to get closer to the decision, and here we are on the eve of the draft, Shaden Sharp is someone that came up, the Kentucky player who never ended up playing at all for the Wildcats. He came in a semester early, joined them halfway through this past season, and never stepped on the floor and is going to stay committed to the draft process. So Kentucky fans never get to see him truly in game in their uniform and that sort of thing. And it felt like that could have been a real possibility for Tyrese Proctor, given that he's an international prospect, his age and everything that goes into it. I'm right there with you. I really could see this guy vying for a starting spot as we kind of look at a projected starting lineup, so to speak. And we know it does tweak throughout the season, but look, it's the summer. These are talking points that everyone wants to discuss In the Duke basketball world, I think Jeremy Roach is pretty safe. I think Mm -hmm. it's okay for us to start there uh, with his gig right there. And then I do think you're going to have both bigs on the floor and Filipowski and and Derek Lively getting the chance to start there for Duke right out of the get-go. Derrick Whitehead is one of the most prized players in this class, and so then that leaves one spot left out there. You're looking for another guard. You're looking for a wing. And and Josh, I think it comes down to probably Jacob Grandison at that point or Tyrese Proctor. Is that sort of the projected starting lineup that, that you've seen that you're thinking of? Talk to me.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's probably the safest pick. Um, I think, you know, just the way I like to watch the game play, I, it wouldn't surprise me at some point to see John either say, okay, we're going to start Derek and bring Kyle in off yeah. or, or, or play one of those at a time and have a guy like Mark Mitchell just for the versatility on the defensive end, right, of that foot speed of a guy like Mark who can slide out and guard two through four, two through five, really. Um, So it's really going to depend on how he wants to play. Do you want to slide down and go small with, you know, Roach, Proctor, Grandison, Whitehead, and a big – uh, do you want to kind of play twin towers there with Filipowski and lively, a lot of options there. Um, so it really just kind of depends on lineup fit too, and, and how these guys play together Is grandison, a guy that maybe fits better as the six man, or is is proctor, the guy that really just thrives in that role where he comes in, here's the ball, be the James Harden for the OKC Thunder back yeah. in the day. Right. So it, it's, it's kind of up in the air. I do agree with you though, that I think to start the season, that's probably our safest bet. Um, I would probably put Grandis in there to start and let Proctor kind of figure it out. You know, he still needs to get that frame up, get ready for the physicality of the game. Um, But it wouldn't surprise me, like I said, January, February, to see him in that lineup.
3: And then Mark Mitchell is going to be someone that really factors in off the bench for Duke, one of the other really talented freshmen in this class, that if this is any other school in America, Mark Mitchell's going to get a chance to, to truly shine. Uh, and, and get to play a whole lot. Same could be said for Jaden shoot right A top 50 player on the roster. I, I think the sky is the limit for him and what he can accomplish. And then I've been noticing a couple of folks that listen to the podcast so avidly appreciate all the YouTube comments that, that they send And I think it was after even one of our shows that I had with Dustin shoe one of your colleagues a week or so back. Apparently I'm not giving enough love to Jalen Blakes and how he could factor in to this Duke team going into a second season. And that is fair because experience at the end of the day is something that's valuable in college basketball. And while Jalen Blakes' numbers were, quite frankly, nothing a season ago coming off the bench uh, as he did, it is another scholarship guard that you've got kind of waiting in the wings and can really help Duke out.
0: And the wingspan is there, right? Yeah. The, the on ball defense has the potential to be really good. Um, I would like to see Jalen, I think a little bit of last year, and we saw it. And, you know, he's a freshman coming in to play spot minutes. But I'd like to see when he does get in the game, that sense of, you know, I belong here, right? Not kind of coming in like, let me get this shot up. Let me, you know, it's kind of garbage time. Mm-hmm. But more of that, I'm a part of this, um, you know. I think his role next year is going to kind of be hidden a little bit from us. The value I think is going to be in practice, you know, going against Jeremy yeah. every day, going against Tyrese. He can be the scout guard for the other team, you know, and really kind of lead that charge. Um, and and who knows, maybe he finds a role, right? I didn't think Jordan Goldwire would be as prominent as he was at Duke or Tyler Thornton. I thought Very those guys were brought one, in yeah. to play the same role. And, you know, obviously Kay loved that type of player. We'll, we'll see kind of what John's going to do with it, but you know, I hope he sticks it out. You know, that's that's the big thing in today's game, right? You, right. You always got that kind of bird, that transfer bird yeah. in your head.
3: And thank you for bringing that up because that was something that, you know, quite honestly I mentioned being insignificant in what the on-the-court production and numbers looked like for Jalen Blake's and a lack of minutes. The thing to highlight there is that he is staying committed and that he is coming back for his sophomore season. If you're playing at Duke, chances are you've got an opportunity to go play it anywhere else in America – and, and Jalen didn't pursue that opportunity. He wants to be a part of this Duke basketball team, and I think that speaks volumes to the type of player that he is. All right, we mentioned kind of the coaches that are uh, in, in play with Coach K, what we're so used to. That's where we want to wrap today, Josh. I mean, here we are, lifelong Duke basketball fans. Uh, my, myself, at, at 26 years old, I speak for the majority of people kind of in my age range and even 16 years, I guess, above me, for Coach K to be there for 42 years. For so many people out there, this is uncharted territory. Like Mike Krzyzewski is not the head coach. He made headlines a little bit earlier this week. He went on the John Rothstein Basketball Podcast and put out a quote that he did not expect to be in person at Cameron Indoor Stadium for any Duke games this year. Truly going to let John Shire be the head coach and let all the limelight go uh, to Coach Shire as he gets started. But, I mean, is it weird? Like, like let's talk about this. How are you feeling this sort of transition. We're clearly – we know John Shire's the right guy. Obviously, it, we could see the staff he's put together, how forward-thinking he is in a lot of ways. It's still really weird to me at the end of the day that it's not going to be Coach K as the season nears.
0: Yeah, I think for me it, it's really going to hit when we see John walk out of the tunnel, right? And yeah. he's on the sidelines, and it's not just countdown. It's, yeah. a, it's the real deal. Um, I, I will say, though, and I, I said this on our pod too, of the fact that it is John – to me made it so much easier because it's just like, this guy's one of us, right? Like I grew up, you know, I've watched John, we kind of graduated high school at the same rate, right? right? Like his freshman years or his four years at Duke were my four years at Appalachian. And so, you know, seeing him come into this role, it really does echo like, okay, this is still business as usual, right? This is still Duke. Whereas if it was a guy like a Brad Stevens or a Jay ride or a Chris beer that comes in, maybe the, the national recognition is a little higher. It would feel very different for me so that it has been John. We had a year to prepare. It's still going to be really weird, right? This is yeah. all I know for sure. I've never even, he is Duke as far as I'm concerned. And so, <laughs> you know, I, I'm excited for John and I think what also helps to, on our side is that he's already locked up two number one recruiting classes basically, and he's on pace to get a third. So if that's any indication, You know, this train ain't stopping.
3: So, Josh, this has been such an amazing conversation with you here today. And obviously got a chance to chat with Dustin, a part of the Devil's Den podcast with you guys. And Raul's going to make an appearance at some point here on the program. And uh, just so grateful for that. I really want people to go check out the Devil's Den podcast because I listen to you guys whenever a new episode is posted. Uh, You're somebody that I want to listen to and that sort of thing. So uh, just wanted to say thank you once again for taking some time to join out there so before we get out of here kind of give me an overview of once again the devil's Den podcast and what people can find there
0: yeah you know anywhere you listen to your pods apple spotify wherever uh the devil's Den podcast we recently had dave bradley on who's the creative director if you're familiar with incredible interview
3: i mean it was awesome to listen to And i'm gonna i want to stop you right here go (laughs) listen to that podcast that was remarkable
0: yeah, Dave was very generous with this time, kind of opened up, let loose a little bit. Um, so, you know, if you watch all these videos, these commitment videos, yeah. behind the scenes stuff, his team's behind that. Um, so we were really happy to have him on. We also recently just recorded and it'll be going up, I think, next week. We were fortunate to be able to get Dr. Whitson from Duke University and Dr. Garden from UNC. They've combined to do a Duke UNC Alzheimer's Research Center. June is awesome. Alzheimer's Awareness Month, and you know it affects a lot of us. You probably, you know, know someone yeah. yourself. Alzheimer's dementia. So they came on, talked about the initiative, um, which was really cool. Coach K and Coach Roy Williams also did videos for that to support the center. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of back and forth between Duke UNC fans, but sometimes it's kind of cool to come together in a, in a fight like this. So uh, that'll be going up next week. So give that a shout out too.
3: Yeah, when eight miles separate schools, you're going to have the opportunity for things like that to, to take place, and there are so many things, uh, health being one of them, that is just greater than basketball. And so uh, that's certainly something that I'm going to be on the lookout for myself. Josh, again, can't say thank you enough. Really do appreciate you being on the show today.
0: Yeah, man. Appreciate it, JJ. Take care. That is Josh
3: Smith with the Devil's Den Podcast joining us here on this Wednesday edition of Locked On Blue Devils, and that's going to do it for another edition of our podcast today. We'll be back later in the week to tell you about the NBA draft as it gets set. Coming your way tomorrow, be sure to check it all out. That'll do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you soon. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.
1: Walmart Plus members save on Meeting Up With Friends.